the Radio Essentials podcast. A podcast about radio with your host, James Marriott. Happy New Year and welcome to the January 2022 episode of the Radio Essentials podcast. Don't worry if you're not listening in January 2022, you are still more than welcome. Uh, My name is James and I'll be your host today as we rub shoulders with someone from the big wide world of the wireless. Chat about their career, about how the industry has changed and developed and what the future might have in store. Plus, of course, it wouldn't be a radio podcast if we didn't play a couple of silly radio games as well. Radio Essentials is all about providing content and services for radio people. Please check out radioessentials.com if you haven't done before. Now, today, we are joined by genuine radio royalty. Please welcome Angie Greaves. Oh, my goodness. What an intro. (laughs) Radio royalty. I like that. I like that very much. When I interview... um, used to interview lots of um, authors I used to say you know author royalty in the author's world but uh, I like that oh I'm gonna sit up straight now (laughs) that's 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 new twitter bio isn't it radio royalty there we go (laughs) um Angie I've got an absolute ton of questions to uh, to ask you shortly but first we like to break the ice by playing the old radio classic of celebrity birthdays so you know how this works we start with a celebrity who has a birthday in January then we move on to another celebrity you have to decide whether you think they're older or younger higher or lower um, I believe this game was first played in the year 32 BC. It okay. dates back that, that long. They didn't mention it in the Bible because they thought, oh, it'll never catch on. No one's ever going to do it. I'm I joking, it. of course, of course. Uh, right then. So we are going to start with the supermodel, Kate Moss. Her birthday is the 16th of January. Any guesses how old you think Kate Moss might be on the 16th of January? I'm going to say late 30s possibly early 40s i've got my phone here but i ain't got time to google but i will (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna say late 30s you're gonna be a little bit surprised 48 no is she really well she looks good kate you look wonderful she does look good. She does look good. So now uh, we're going to move on to Dave Grohl, lead singer of the Foo Fighters. Do you, do you play much Foo Fighters okay. on uh, on Smooth? Probably no, not. I don't play Foo Fighters at all on Smooth, but every now and then when I'm playing four in a row, I go downstairs to go and get a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and I go to the Radio X studio, give Johnny Vaughan a wave. He normally plays the Foo Fighters, but then I've got to run back upstairs to go and get my get my show. Right, now I'm going to say that he is, oh, higher or lower? This is like play your cards right, Bruce Forsyth, isn't it? Um, it really is. I'm going to say higher. So his birthday is the 14th of January, and he will be 53 years old. There you go. I I thought in my head, I thought he must be younger than that. And then you think, well, how long long ago were Nirvana around? That's like, that's over 30 years now, isn't it? Unless he was was 12. (laughs) But the thing is, what I find with music artists, radio presenters, because you're having a relationship with their voice, you don't tend to think about 
the fact that they do age. Look, I I was brought up as I think we all were on BBC radio and I can remember hearing Tony Blackburn. I can remember hearing Noel Edmonds. And to me, those people never aged. And then it's only when you start to see them, whether it is on Twitter or like Noel Edmonds deal or no deal, you think, oh my goodness, he's getting older. It's the same with Ken Bruce. I can remember when I saw Ken Bruce about four years ago, I said, that ain't Ken Bruce, because I'd always heard his voice. And so that face always stuck with me. But I just think that's something about voices. You have the relationship with the voice, don't you? It's true, and voices don't age, do they? And no. um, and so, yeah, it feels it's it's unfair that celebrities are allowed to age. If they didn't, then we wouldn't have to age either. We'd be Absolutely. fine. We could all we could all we could all stay at the same age. <laughs> uh, right, we're at fifty three with uh, Dave Grohl, mm. and we are moving on to Nicholas Cage, the actor. actor. His birthday's on the seventh of January. Higher or lower than fifty three? Slightly higher. Slightly higher. You're doing well here. 58. There you go. Nicholas Cage, 58 on the 7th of January. And your final celebrity birthday um, is, it's another Nick, actually, former politician, former deputy prime minister, no less, Nick Clegg. Um, His birthday is uh, also on the 7th of January. Uh, So two Nicks, both birthdays. Dated on the on the same day. Um, higher or lower than fifty eight? Nick Clegg. I'm going to say slightly lower. Bang on. He will be fifty five on the seventh of January. So there we go. That's uh, that is the ice officially broken. <laughs> um, my first proper question for you, Angie, and I, I ask everyone this because I love. I just love hearing this story from anyone that works in radio. What was the moment where you just thought, yeah, radio, that's the one. That's for me. That's what what I want to do. It's a story I've told many times. And so if you've heard it before, I apologize, but this is the reality. Um, Being of Caribbean parents, my mum said, go and get a job and train to be a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer or a dentist. And I think this is something that... um, Many Caribbean kids um, and Asian kids were told to do. You get a job that someone's always going to require. So I, as a good little girl that I was, uh, did a private secretary certificate. So it was shorthand, it was typing. And then I thought if I learn a language, I can be a bilingual secretary and I can go and work in either a French or Spanish speaking country. I, I learned French and I was really, really into Spanish. Anyway, I was temping and I got a temp job at Capital Radio, Euston Tower in 19... The fact that I'm saying 19 says it all. And the mission was to stay there for between six months and a year and save some money and then go off to some kind of college to train to be a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer, whatever. And I just noticed a year, 18 months later, I was still there. Time flew. My mum didn't say, when are you leaving? (laughs) It just (laughs) happened. And then one day I was peeing about in the office and I was doing an impression of, it was either Mammy or Prissy from Gone with the Wind. Oh, Miss Scarlett. Oh. (laughs) And 
David Kid Jensen said, hey, you need to record that. And that was it. I wish I could tell you that I went on to college. I wish I could tell you a different story. But if you ever, that, that was my story. That was my story. My brother at the time was getting married in Barbados. I've got two elder siblings in Barbados. He then went to a radio station in Barbados called Liberty and said, my sister works at Capital Radio in London. Didn't say I worked in HR. So I thought, Angela, if you're going to mess up, this is the place to do it. If you're going to mess up, mess up in Barbados, jump in the sea afterwards, grab a Banks beer and some flying fish and then come home. And to say that I took to it, took to it like a duck took to water is an understatement. Came back and I was like, this is it. I'm going to do it. If I didn't sink in Barbados, chances are I won't sink in the UK. <laughs> Amazing. I, I, I think the reason I love this question so much is because um, everyone's answer is so much different. And, and there are people who from ridiculously young ages knew they wanted to be on the radio right up to people who didn't discover it in un, until well into their 20s and 30s and i just think particularly for kind of people growing up now where there's almost like a if you've not decided by the age of five that you want to be a radio presenter forget it um <laughs> it's just brilliant to hear that that you know there's so many people that that have got into it from such different kind of backgrounds mm. and different routes into um into radio and i think it gives everyone kind of inspiration really um so um i mean can we can we squeeze your career from that point into a couple of minutes go for it just ask (laughs) take us take us through then from from that point how things unfolded okay i'm going to try and make this as quick as possible because it's not until you start talking about your career that you realize how long you've been in it and then you think (laughs) shit am i that old um (laughs) got into production loved it was doing voiceovers on capital then some incremental stations were coming up and there was a station called Spectrum and I went and I did the African Caribbean show. Left there, went to Choice, um, absolutely loved Choice FM. It was a blank canvas in that it was the first R&B station in London, legal R&B station in London. And I used to do a show called Destination 2AM. I went back to temping. I was quite happy. Um, I just thought once I left Spectrum, right, this isn't for me. Got the call to do something on choice. I had one show a week, Destination 2am on a Friday, midnight till two. Used to do my temping in the week, 2am. That was my fix. I was happy. Um, And then because of the nature of the socialising around Choice FM, there was lots of club nights and lots of, you know, playing out here, playing out there. Well, I was temping, so I didn't bother doing it. And the breakfast presenter was taking two weeks off. The other presenters on the station, they were playing out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So they couldn't get up five o'clock on a Monday morning to go and do the breakfast show. So I was told, you've got to go and do breakfast. And I'm like, hell no, are you mad? I'm tempting. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't getting up at five o'clock. Anyway, nobody else would do this show. So I just said, all right, fine, I'll do it. And I was even told, listen, whatever you're temping for, we'll pay you so you won't lose out. Come and do the breakfast show. And I'm like, what in the... Anyway. Um, the Monday, so tired, so nervous, playing records. Yes, records at the wrong speed. Absolutely shattered. Couldn't do it. Tuesday, a little bit better. By the Wednesday, James, I just tore up the playlist and started playing all my favourite Caribbean tunes. <laughs> oh, 
my God, who told me to do that? And I never came off the breakfast show. <laughs> and I stayed there for about five years. Then I did some work for the BBC. And then I did a little bit of work on LBC. I used to contribute to Sandy Toxvig's show. And I quite liked that. And then one day Sandy said, oh, um, Angie, I'm not going to feel well tomorrow. I said, oh, we'll go to the doctor. She said, well, no, the doctor's not open. I said, we'll go to the chemist. She said, no, the chemist isn't open. She said, Angie, do you want to do the show or not? And I was like, oh, right, okay. So I would then cover for Sandy Toxvig. And that's when I think my world of broadcasting opened up. Because speech radio, as it was then, is very different to speech radio now. It's very politically led because the world changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember James O'Brien. He used to have a feature in his show where he would eat a sweet and you needed to name what that suite was. <laughs> Speech radio is very, very different now, but it was an amazing time of just broadening my broadcasting skills. And I realized as well, unless you got long advert ad breaks in your show, do not drink before you start your <laughs> show on speed. Well, James, I can go to the loo on smooth because I'm playing three, four songs in a row. You can't do that on speech radio. So don't drink anything half an hour before you start your show. Then um, I think David Priva left and Scott Solder at the time said to me, can you cover David Priva's show until Anna Rayburn starts? Yeah, no problem. I was just having the time of my life. And I was doing some shows at the time for Jazz FM before it became smooth. And I needed a number for somebody And the only person that I knew had the number was Richard Park. And I'm quite a brazen, very open person. Called him up, uh, Richard Park Agency. I said, hey, Rich, how you doing? It's Angie Greaves. My girl, aren't you on air? And I was like, yeah, but I'm on jazz. You're the consultant for magic. Why are you listening to me? My girl. I said, listen, let's have lunch. (laughs) My heart was beating really fast. I thought... If you don't grab this opportunity, it's you know, you're, you're going to let it go. He's listening to me. I'm on jazz. He's a consultant for magic. I said, right, let's have lunch. Let's have a chat. He said, my girl, I'll give you six months. Got a contract <laughs> for magic. 14 years later, I was still there. And that's my career. And I don't take it for granted. I don't take it lightly. I have been blessed with a capital B. And in my 14 years at Magic, I was really lucky because think about it. I started on Mellow Magic. And then my radio guru, a guy called Mark Story, he said to me, I think you should do Drive. I do apologize if I'm offending. I don't mean to, but I just met, I just met some amazing people in this time. So I said, Mark, women don't do drive. He said, why not? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) He said, do drive. Time of my life. It was amazing. It was amazing. And then my elder daughter was coming up to time uh, to start her GCSEs. And the drive show on Magic finished at eight. I was getting in at nine and I just thought, no, I've got to be home Once again, I took a brazen step. I went to see Steve Parkinson at Magic and I said, listen, my daughter's doing her GCSEs. 
I need to change my shift. Now, we all know what this industry's like. And Steve, I love you to pieces. He could have easily said, listen, Ange, there's loads of people who want to be in this industry. So thank you and good night. But there were, I didn't know there were changes that were occurring. And then I was told, well, look, I think it was Nick Snaith was coming over from Heart. So you go up into afternoons. I've just had the most amazing ride. It's just, I can't complain. I mean, I really can't complain. And then to take it full circle, back at Smooth. Um, I honestly thought after 14 years, you kind of feel, okay, there's only so many times you can keep refreshing yourself, reinventing yourself. And like I say, in the 14 years, I'd done Drive, I'd done Mellow Magic, I'd done Afternoons. So I really thought, okay, take time now, Ange, look at doing weekend breakfast, look at doing Magic Soul. And then this offer for Smooth comes in and I'm like, okay, opportunity knocks, you go through the door. That is it's just brilliant hearing that. And, and as, as you say, that kind of like complete full, full circle is, is, is brilliant. Um, so in, I mean, so many different and huge stations within that mm. LBC doing speech radio, mm. uh, you mentioned the BBC in there as well, jazz, magic, smooth, mm. um, some huge brands. Um, where has felt most at home for you? Um, Oh, that's a tricky question because as the industry changes, you move with it. And it's really interesting that you ask that because smooth sounds exactly like magic did now when I was there. Mm. Magic sounds a little bit more like heart now. So it's almost as though the move for me has just been, it, it's almost like um. It was almost like a plan. So I do feel at home. I think I feel at home behind a microphone anyway. So I do feel very much at home at Smooth. My biggest challenge was on LBC. Because if people are going to call you, and like I say, it was a very, very different station then. So when I covered for David Priever, we would do a bit of entertainment news. We'd do a moral dilemma. We'd have phone-ins about relationships. That's not what LBC is about now. So to have the opportunity to freelance there for two, two and a half years when it was that station, that felt at home. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It if does it make was sense. a political station, no, at the time, wouldn't have lasted. I can just about spell politics. But I mean, it wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's almost as though every move I've had, it's almost been tailor-made for me. When I started at Jazz FM, that playlist was very much like the old Choice FM playlist. So I felt at home doing a bit of freelancing on LBC, talking about life, talking about relationships, talking about kids. You know, I felt very much at home. Magic, easy listening, felt at home. And now smooth, easy listening. I don't think I've ever felt uncomfortable in a role. Okay. Okay. Um, what, what for you then makes being on the radio so special? The opportunity to talk to people, whether it is a 30 second link or not. (laughs) Um, and also to be in a position to play music, whether it's your personal music choice or not. Um, cause music also talks. 
music is a language that I think is universal. I call it a legal drug because you can get lost in music, in the words of Sister Sledge. And to have the opportunity, regardless of how I'm feeling, to just switch off how I'm feeling and just go into people's lives for three hours a day and play songs. I think it's the best job in the world. I, I really, really do. Very well said. Very well said. You, you mentioned there about, um, obviously, in, in the early years doing temping work and some admin stuff. Has has there been any point at all through your radio career where you thought about, actually, is it time to do something else now and, and do something other than radio? Um, I think about that quite a lot. But I think if you tell yourself you've peaked, then that will come off in your performance. I think we're always growing. We're always developing. There's always something going on that you can talk about. There's always another album coming out. Hello, Adele. There's, you know, so much going on all the time. But what I have found is that the the monster, and I say that with a, a small m, the monster that is social media, I think that stretched us as radio presenters. And I think that if we can find the balance of marrying social media with radio, then I think we've got a complete a complete balance. Um, I call it old school media versus new school media. If you can get the two to tie in, it's great. Now, when when Twitter first came out, I just used to tweet the songs I was playing. And I used to get some very funny tweets back. Well, we know, we can hear you. What are you up to? What are you wearing? What... And then you kind of start growing as a person and you find something that maybe you're interested in and you share that and other people become interested in that as well. So I don't think it's about doing anything different. I think it's about developing what you have within radio and the other tools that are around you. Makes so much sense. Um, I, let's talk a little bit about smooth radio then, because yeah. uh, obviously, I mean, it's a huge, huge, uh, it's a huge brand. Oh. It's a huge radio station and, and all the offshoots from it as well. What what do you think it is a, about smooth that makes it so popular? I think easy listening radio worldwide is very, it's very connecting. It's very engaging. You know, I love all kinds of music. You know, I love from reggae to dancehall to rock to pop to soul. I love all kinds of music. But there's a category of easy listening music, whether that is Elton John, whether that is Robbie Williams, whether that's Luther, whether that's Chaka Khan, whether that's Brenda Russell. There's something about that umbrella, that easy listening umbrella, that I think engages with a lot of people. And I felt, especially in the pandemic, that it was the easy listening stations that kind of created that calm because we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what was going to happen. And we just needed a place just, just to unwind for a bit. And I also felt that on drive, I was able to deliver that. So if you can imagine your kids are working, your kids are doing schoolwork at home. You don't know what's going on. You're working from home. And I used to love at four o'clock actually saying, okay, kids, close the laptop now, go and do something. Mum and dad will finish work at five. Then it would be family time from six o'clock. And I just feel that Smooth had the perfect balance of music, especially in the pandemic. But I just think that that was an extension of what Smooth is anyway. 
Yeah, that that makes so much sense. We we we've touched a little bit on on this. You you talked about how LBC is such a different station and how the music on stations like Magic and, and Smooth has has changed and um developed and, and stuff over the years. Radio has changed a, a lot generally in in the time that you've been in it, and and particularly the last four or five years alone, so much has has changed. What's your kind of take on radio as 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 we stand now? You know, the start of a of a new year as we come into twenty twenty two. What what do you think about the radio industry? I think the radio industry will and can only get bigger. I think we proved that in the pandemic. I don't think TV came to a standstill. But TV had challenges because of the pandemic. The press challenges because I didn't want to open a newspaper every day and see figures and how many. And, you know, I wasn't interested. Radio kept its identity in that it was the keeping the company of somebody, people, you know, workplaces, those who were still at work, families. Radio was that glue that kept it all together. And I don't see that that glue will ever lose its strength. I think there will always be a place for radio. I think that in the app, especially for commercial radio, because as we open up again, you know, there's going to be products, services, brands, corporations that are going to want to advertise. But even in the midst of not advertising, it still keeps people's company. So you have that balance. You have the personal balance. You have the professional balance. Business is always going to be business. And that's why I think radio will get stronger and stronger. Now, I know the world of influencers in social media can take on a lot of advertising, can take on a lot of what I will call um, influencer advertising. And that's fine and it's great and it works. But there is something about one voice speaking to millions. I think Smooth has got, is it 5.9 million listeners? I mean, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just such a strong brand and it works with those figures. It works. So why wouldn't you want to invest in that? It's clear that it works. And it's clear that, you know, if you've got the right lineup with the right music, it works. You get a smooth transition if that makes sense. That was very commercial, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) A smooth transition. I love it. I love it. Um, I mean, Angie, look, this, this is a podcast where we don't, we talk about like geeky radio stuff on this, on this podcast, and we don't tend to stray into like serious areas too much. But one thing that, that I do want to ask you about is I, I'm going to call it representation in 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 radio. Now, um, you are you are you are black. You are a woman. Am I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't feel I'm telling you anything you don't know here. But oh, okay. um, I mean, I've 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 worked at radio stations in the past where the entire on air lineup has been white men, yeah. and um, I don't think particularly you know uh, late nineties, early noughties, I don't think that was anything unusual. I think mm-hmm. there were a lot of stations where that was where that was the case. And I kind of want to ask just what just what your take is on this really. Because I, I look at particularly the the bigger brands now and think, you know what, they, they seem to do a much better job in terms of that representation and that diversity. Um but that's you know I, I realize that I am a white man saying this. So what's what's your kind of take on this? Okay. I once I knew I wanted to do this job, I acquired the tools to do the job. 
and the tools were to be able to read, to articulate and to engage in an audience. End of story. My colour has nothing to do with it. I can speak, I can read, I can engage in an audience. And I said before, I think I've been blessed with a capital B. I don't know that if I'm going to be very upfront, a lot of stations believed that I could undertake the job. And I also believe, and I, and I say this with compassion and with love, um, for the length of time that I was at Magic and for my performance, my audience figures, which at times were market leading. There was a time when Magic Drive Time was the most listened to drive time show in London. Only looking back at it now, I wonder if the powers that be knew what to do with me, if that makes sense. And I say this very openly, and you know, I've ha- I used to have this conversation all the time. I used to wonder if I were white with market leading figures, would my career have been just had a little bit more welly behind it? Would I have been invested in a little bit more? Now, don't get me wrong, never complained. I was paid to do a job and I did that job. It was a shame that, ooh, if I was to say being the first in my arena, because I know outside of London, there's um, Sasha Brooks, you've got JJ, you've, you've got other black presenters uh, around the UK. But I did used to wonder sometimes, was there a bit of fear? Did they not know what to do with me? Did they think I was going to kick off? I used to wonder that sometimes. Um, I just did my job and I loved doing my job. And then I got to the stage of thinking, well, you could be missing out on something because if everything is is the same, so to speak, as, as you've said, if everything is pale and male, aren't you missing out on other areas? Aren't you missing out on females? Aren't you missing out on cultures? But it takes time to change things. If you look at the radio industry and most industries in general that are quite male top heavy and quite white top heavy, and then in comes this black woman that's just running down all the figures and market leading and this and that, you think, right, okay, um, what do we do? So let me put it in a different context. You're in a company, everybody's wearing green and everybody's doing the same job. They're all wearing green and everything is running perfectly. And then somebody joins the company and starts wearing red. And in wearing red, they perform differently to those wearing green. And in some cases, performs as well as, if not better than, those wearing green. I would assume that the majority would say, you've got to start wearing green. You've got to take off that red. You've got to join us. You've got to wear green. D- does that make sense? I think in, in I think we are uncomfortable as a society anyway, in anyone or anything that's different. I think we have difficulties embracing that. And I do think that if you are in a position where you are in a minority, female, black, Asian, whatever, or 
wearing red and everybody else is wearing green. When you perform as well as, if not better than, what the norm is, i.e. wearing green, it kind of makes people go, oh, um, she's doing well in the red. We don't really want to rock the boat, but we're not quite sure what to do. Well, I was happy to continue doing what I was doing. I didn't, I didn't moan about it. It used to concern me sometimes, but I am who I am. And I just love radio. And I'm not a black female presenter. I'm a radio presenter. My culture is that I'm Caribbean, but my job is a radio presenter. And I can remember saying to the CEO of Magic when I left, you need to open up a bit because you could be missing out on a creative source that could enhance. But if people aren't ready to embrace, they're not ready to embrace. And that's absolutely fine. And I think there's a way to discuss that without making yourself appear arrogant, a bit too overconfident, negative. You know, there's, there's ways you have to navigate those conversations. What was a great shame was George Floyd's situation opening the eyes of the masses because then people started to open their mouths. This has been happening to me. That's been happening to me. Oh my goodness. Did it, you know, and the experiences started coming out. And that was a shame that it took that to open up, but it's opening up. And that's a great thing. And I do love that I get inboxes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I even get emails at Global just from young, you know, black people just asking for words of encouragement. So, I, I do like to give that. And I think that's really important. Very important. Brilliant. Um, very, very wise, very powerful um, words there. Um, what about the future then for uh, for Angie? Obviously, mm. you're, you're happy, you sound very happy at, at Smooth. Do you think about what that next step might be? Um, do I think about my next step? I think quite a lot about what the future holds. Sometimes I get this thought in my head that I'd like to run a station. Ooh. But I don't think running a station maybe 20 years ago is the same as running a station now. It's more about meetings and graphs and charts and, you know, figures. And I get that because that's the business. I like the music side of the business. I like the creative side of the business. So I'm going to be hosting the Cambridge Club Festival with Diana Ross, Nile Rogers, and Lionel Richie. I'm not sure that I would give that up to sit behind a desk and go to meetings. And I'm all for understand, you know, don't don't get me wrong. I totally understand things are changing. And I do think if more creative people had an opportunity to be in management and keep some creativity on a music level, then I would say, yeah. I mean, maybe my thing is events. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's events. But I, I do get a kick in a mic when I get behind a microphone. Something happens. And um, I've always said as long as there is a voice in my mouth and as long as I get a contract. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I, I, I will carry on doing radio. Um, yeah, I've, I've still got the passion. I've still got the bug. So I, I have ideas written down about what I think I'd do. I always used to say I wanted to run a bar in Barbados with, you know, British music because the British tourism level there is very, very high. Um, but at the moment, I just feel like there's this radio bug that just, it just hasn't died yet. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Uh, Angie, there is one thing left for us to do. Go for it. And that, and that is our sensational competition, uh, Jock Against the Clock. All right now. Jock Against the Clock. Here's how it works. Uh, there are five questions that are all in some way related to January. Um, you've got to answer them as quickly as you can. For any you get wrong, there's a 10-second penalty. And if you get them all wrong, you are out. Um, Joe Russell from Gem uh, and Greatest Hits Radio is currently top of the leaderboard on 64 seconds. Oh that is what you are aiming for. Does that all make sense? Are you ready? No, but carry <laughs> on. <laughs> all right, so all questions relating to the month of January. Three, two, one, start the clock. January 1927 saw the Harlem Globetrotters play which sport for the first time? Basketball. 9th of January 2020 saw MPs vote in favour of what landmark bill? Absolutely no idea. Who made her final appearance with the Supremes in January 1970? Diana Ross. Helen Worth's birthday is the 7th of January, but what's the name of her career in Coronation Street? Gail Tilsley. John Logie Baird unveiled what invention Radio. in January... Stop the clock. Jock against the clock. All right. You did that very quick. 35 seconds. But oh did you get them all right? Let's have a look then. January 1927, Harlem Globetrotters. Of course, basketball. That was correct. January 2020, MPs voted in favour of the Brexit bill. <laughs> Sorry. I should have known that. It's, it's all right. I mean, you hear, you just hear politics and some people just switch off and just I think, told no you, idea. I but I can't even spell politics. Um, final appearance with the Supremes. You mentioned her five minutes ago, and as soon as you said her name, I thought, right, well, I think I think you've got this one in the bag. Diana Ross, of course it was. Um, Helen Worth's birthday, 7th of January. She plays Gail. You got that correct. Well done. John Logie Baird, 1926. You said radio. It's television. Ah! So, two questions wrong. That's a 20-second penalty. Mm. Let's take a look at the leaderboard. The Radio Essentials leaderboard. So you did it in 35 seconds. You have a 20-second oh, second penalty. 55 seconds puts you clear head and shoulders at the top of the leaderboard. All right, now! We oh, have a new leader! Listen, I should have... Thank you. I, I salute myself. <laughs> you and you have you have a nine 
second cushion there at the top of the leaderboard on 55 seconds. Yes. That's pretty incredible. Angie, well, I mean, you've talked there about some quite remarkable achievements during your career, but I think you might just have topped it. This is the top. This is it now. This is it. I on it, you know, I've I've wanted so many awards. I've not got one award, but this is the one now. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant Ajit well I mean well done well done that's a stunning performance but also I mean thank you so much for um for sharing your thoughts for coming on and and talking about some some brilliant stuff and I think there's some stuff there that will really inspire the the next generation of of, of radio presenters to um to know that they can go on and achieve what it is that they want to achieve so thank you so much James it's been my absolute pleasure thanks for asking you can find out more about Radio Essentials by heading to our social media handles at Radio Essentials or head to radioessentials.com. Remember, at some point this year, Radio Essentials will be giving away another amazing Roadcaster Pro. Keep an eye out for details. We'll be back next month where we'll have another guest from the world of the radio. We will see you then. The Radio Essentials Podcast. Visit Radio Essentials online, radioessentials.com.